Hello, my name is Kate Gingell and you're listening to the Remarkable podcast, Conversations with Remarkable People. Today, I'm with the remarkable Josie Tong. Josie is a mum of two teenage girls, an entrepreneur and successful business owner and a much-loved and respected leader and mentor to many. I'm very fortunate to call her a dear friend in, in life and in business. Josie has an amazing story to tell and I'm so thrilled that she's agreed to share it with us all today. So Josie, thank you so much. I'm absolutely thrilled that you've agreed to be interviewed because I know you have a really busy schedule. And we've known each other. Facebook reminded me the other day that we've known each other for seven years. Um, We work in the same business and you're a mentor of mine uh, and you're a mentor of many actually. And also a leader of of a huge, great team. Um, You're somebody who... I think gives more than anybody else I've ever come across uh, and a real inspiration and uh, it's you know it's a joy I'm very lucky to call you a good friend as well so thank you for being here. Oh thank you so much Kate for um, really getting me on your podcast I've been Mm. looking forward to this and seven years has gone so fast I've learned a lot from you and really there's been a lot of fun so thank you for having me on your podcast. Thanks Josie. Now, we've just been talking before the podcast, as often happens, actually, having a little bit of a chat before getting started, and I learn I learn things about people which I've actually never learned before, and um, some of what we've been talking about really explains, I think, why you are the person you are today, and um, I'd be really grateful if you could share a bit about your childhood mm-hmm. um, in the Philippines, and, um, you know, the sorts of things that led to where you're at today. Okay. Please. Well, you know, there's 13 of us in the family. It's a big family. Huge family. It is a huge family. So I'm the 11th, and I have two younger brothers. So I remember when where I grew up initially, it was really quite far from the city. So it was we call it a province. So I grew up there, and then when I was in year one, we moved to the city. Mm-hmm. So it's a completely different environment. And I remember when we went to the city, it was. It was all so strange um, because there were electricity everywhere. And where we, I first grew up, where I was born, there was no electricity. There was no tap water or anything like that. So everything's really done manually. So going to the city, I was just mesmerized by uh, the difference that it was. Um, but I was stranger earlier about when I was growing up, um, I've always been independent. Mm. I'm independent in terms of earning my own money at a very young age. So... Even at your, I remember it was your three, four, and five, I was already earning my own money. So I learned how to buy and sell at that, that w- young age. Was that through watching somebody else or through, how did you have that? In, I mean, did you, were your parents like that or did it, was it just something that you just became aware that you wanted to do things differently? You know, when we used to go to the markets, mm. I see people, they have little little um, baskets and they were selling stuff so I thought you know maybe I can do something like that Mm. no one has really asked me to to do it I don't remember anyone of my family encouraging me or even giving me the idea Mm. it was an idea that I I I got and I started to do that which uh, really was good because it meant that I was able to earn money but it wasn't really for me to buy at that time candies or chocolates Mm. or anything like that but it was for me to really just help my family. Mm. I, and they didn't even ask me to do it, but it was just out of my own um, my own self that, you know, I want to do it, I want to help my parents. So mm. I've been doing that mm. for for a very long time mm. before before I even knew what I was doing. So entrepreneurial since you were seven years old, really. 
yeah ba- basically <laughs> that's right mm. yeah and then the next stage of your life um you were explaining actually you then took care of mm-hmm. your two younger mm. brothers on your own yeah um yeah. at the age of what so when i was in year six mm-hmm. before year six my parents said to us okay we are going to this beautiful place which is six hours away from where in the city so we were going to that place so we went over there and i was in your six and then a few months later my parents decided they go back to manila so here i was in your six and my my two younger brothers three and four uh younger than me mm-hmm. were really uh, they didn't tell me they're gonna leave me in their care it's just you know we're going and here you are you're you're staying so there was three of us and you know i was happy to just be their mom and dad um i i did a shopping i i did a cooking i did everything and really it was for me that experience i think helped me grew a lot and it trend when i went to high school we were still there under our own so my parents used to come and visit us mm-hmm. and it's one of the happiest times of my life i think mm-hmm. high school was one of the best times because i was so connected with everyone you know i had a, i was very happy um we had a lot of get together with my classmates and i encouraged my younger brothers to do the same mm-hmm. And so I didn't even feel like, okay, I don't have a mom, I don't have a dad, there's no electricity, there's no water in the tap, we don't have a fridge, you know, like having protein is very rare because we couldn't afford it. But it was one of the happiest times of my life. We didn't have, like I was saying earlier, we just had a small transistor radio mm. and nothing else. It, it just shows, doesn't it, that we don't need a lot to be happy that we get caught up in this you know needing things that things are going to make the difference but actually I mean it was obviously a very simple life but on top of all of that you were a very high achiever at school too Mm. (laughs) a hard worker or just naturally I mean I would say you're probably naturally bright but I suspect (laughs) knowing you you're probably working very hard too (laughs) yeah well I knew I had to work hard because Mm. I understood that in order for me to pay for my tuition fee I needed to be a scholar, academic scholar. So that's what I did. So I was top of the class when I was in year six. So when I went to year seven, my tuition fee was free. And even when I was in high school, you know, I was always either one or two in the class. So which means that I had part of my tuition fee being paid. Mm -hmm. And so when I finished um, my high school, I set an exam so that I could go to university and have my tuition for free. And that's exactly what happened. Like, I, I think... I still remember when I was in high school, there was no electricity, nothing like that. But I remember with candles, with uh, kerosene lamps, I used to study a lot because I know that I had to study. I can't just be number one or number two in the class if I didn't study. So I put a lot of effort into it. And the funny thing about it is looking in hindsight, my, like I said, I didn't have parents telling me to study hard. Nobody mm. told me to study hard. It was just part of me saying, I need to study hard so I can go to school, so I can go to university. So that's what happened. Did you have, did you have a big dream at that stage already? Thinking, right, well, if I do this, then, then I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, move or, or go, or, or were you just doing it because it was just, you just wanted to do well? You know, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a nurse. Mm. So in the Philippines, if you're a nurse, it's like a passport to go and work overseas. Right. So working overseas is always more than mm. working in the Philippines. You know, earn more money. 
so I've always wanted to be a nurse. But when I went to university, my father said to me, maybe you should just do accounting because if I did nursing, I, we would have to pay more. And even though I had scholarship, my tuition fee was paid, I w- we would have to spend on my uniform and internship and things like that, which mm-hmm. really we didn't have. So I was doing my accounting. And then on my senior year, one of my classmates asked me to go to the convent, to a convent to pick up a letter. So she pick, we picked up the letter and she showed me a photo of her sister and her sister in her nursing uniform. So I asked her, her, her where her sister was. Mm-hmm. She told me this sister was studying in Australia. So I went back the next day and I asked the nun and she told me that I wasn't qualified. But six weeks later, she asked me back. And so that's how I got to Australia to study my nursing. So you never, never know, you know, like when you have dreams, you never know how the universe will yeah, give it to you. And how it's going to work. And how, so how old were you when you came to Australia? Then? I was 20. 20. And you came with a few others. You came with a group of yeah. girls. Did you know any of them? I came with the, uh, one other person. Right. The, the rest, so this nun, um, she had this vision to be able to help the poor girls in the Philippines so they could come here and study nursing and mm. be able to help their family back mm. in the Philippines. So we knew them through letters, through photos. So when we landed here, it was amazing to be able to get that support. Mm. And you know, when I was in the Philippines, I, uh, the head of the convent at the time, she gave me $50. And she said, you know, here's to help you get started in Australia. So she gave me $50. And at the age of 20, I've never tasted an apple. Wow. I've never tasted an apple. And one of my dream was really like, oh my gosh, when I go to Australia, I'm going to buy an apple. So the first, the next day, my friend and I, I said, let's go and buy those apples. So we bought, uh, I, bought I remember I bought two apples mm-hmm. and then we found a park and we were sitting on the swing and eating this green Jonathan apples. It was just a memorable time of my life. Was it as good as you'd hoped it was going to be? It was delicious. <laughs> How wonderful. And were your parents supportive after after wanting you to study accountancy? Were they happy for you to come over here? Oh, I think it's everybody's parent, all the parents' dreams to really mm. um, have their children go somewhere overseas so they can help mm. their parents. Mm. So that's exactly what I did. So when I came here, I tell you what, um, every single cent that I had I'd send it to my parents. I'd send it to my brothers and sisters. Wow. Um, so when I came here, it was the first time ever that I bought something that wasn't hand-me-down. You wow. know, like my, my first bag, change. my my yeah. first burger. I, mm. Australia has changed my life, for mm. sure. Just talking about bags, you've actually just reminded me. You were talking, I know it's going back a little bit, but I, um, the story about the bag at school and... Um, when you were in year two. Oh, yes, oh, yes. I'd love, yes, I'd love that to is, um, that. Mm. I think that's a pivotal moment in my life because mm. I remember when I was in year two, there was this twin girls and they were showing me this beautiful bag. I still remember it's gray with floral red and pink and, and the leaves. And I asked them, where did you get that, those, that bag, those bags? They had one age and they told me Santa. They are Santa and Santa has given it to them. This was like maybe two weeks before Christmas. So I thought, wow, you know, if I wrote a letter with, to Santa, I should be able to get a bag like this as well. Mm. So I wrote a said letter and every night I'd pray that this bag will come my way. And you know what? Santa never came and the bag never came. Mm. And it's just that, that 
um, memory mm. has just been impregnated in my mind. Yeah, I can see it's very powerful. Mm. So mm. I was just sharing with my girls. One of the things that we're going to do is really to find a very remote, very poor school where they may have 300, 600 students. Mm. And we're going to provide everyone the best bag, school bag, with all the notebooks and pens. Because, you know, that, can you imagine how that will change? The little things like a school bag mm. can change a child's life. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be an ex exciting school bag yeah, project. It's yeah. a wonderful vision. And again, it's all about, you know, giving back. I think mm. um, because you've obviously come such an enormously long way, but you've never, ever forgotten that um, and it's such a huge part of you I know so mm. thank you mm. so you went to how long did it take you to qualify as a nurse then well you went to Newcastle you said first of all I was there for a year and mm. I got really lonely because I, I, I was there I love the city mm. and so I moved to Concord Hospital right. so that's where I completed my nursing it's mm -hmm. a three year at that time it was hospital based mm. and so we were paid on day one Right. So we, when we came to study, we got paid on day one, and we were sit, uh, staying in the nurses' quarters. So it was really affordable, and, mm. and that's why I was able to send all my money home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I, I mean, the story that I know of you really starts, obviously, a little bit later, when you were actually setting up your own nursing agency. Mm -hmm. um, so how did that come about and um, what made you decide that you wanted to I suppose, step away from the actual, mm -hmm. you weren't nursing, your, you wouldn't have been nursing yourself at that stage, you'd actually be helping mm -hmm. other nurses, yeah. is that right? So at that time, after I finished my nursing, two years later, I was doing a part-time job because I wanted to buy a car. Well, I had a car, a very old car, and I thought, you know, I'd buy another second car and all this. So I was doing a, um, some casual work mm -hmm. and in this aged care facility, after six weeks, the the Churchill Nursing offered me a position saying, oh, would you like to be my deputy? So I stumbled into aged care. So I've been in aged care management for a long time. So for 17 years, I was a director of nursing. But, you know, I was a workaholic. I was working very long hours. I love my job. You love you, right? You know mm. what it's like to love mm. your job, mm. right, Kate? So I love my job. I was working very, very long hours. Um, but what I didn't know was what I was working too much because of the amount of work. Because I can tell you when I left, after I got burnt out, they replaced me with two full-time people. Oh, yeah. um, and so six weeks, six years before I quit my job, um, I had my first child mm -hmm. and my second child. So I had them in when, when I was 40 and 43. Mm. So I still remember, still focused on my work. I was blessed with these children. And I have this vivid memory of me coming home. I'd cook, I'd be stirring, you know, like doing some stir fry. We'd have dinner, and at that time, my husband would go to work, and I'd give the kids a bath, and I'd dry their hair so I can put them to bed, mm -hmm. and I could jump on my computer and answer more and emails. Do some more work. And then even on the weekend, I'd go back on the weekend and, and do more work. So, of course, if you do that day in, day out for many, many years, mm -hmm. you know, the body and spirit couldn't. But I always believe that things happen for a reason because when I got burnt out, I did exactly what the nun did. I brought nurses over from Philippines mm -hmm. to study here and work here. And I, then I thought, well, instead of me traveling overseas, I'd set up my nursing agency. So then I was setting up my nursing agency. We converted a double garage in our home in Concord. And I was ready to launch July 09. Then May 09, this couple came to our, our place and they showed me um, some products 
and a business opportunity. So I wanted to take the products. So even before they finished their presentation, I thought I want to take those products. And the reason for that is one year after I quit my job, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I still remember, you know, going for surgery and thinking about my children because mm. at that time there were only seven and four and thinking, my gosh, you know, my sister died at 43 with breast cancer. So, you know, sometimes you go through life and we think we're going to live forever mm. until that point where you, where, where you, you know, you get diagnosed and you start thinking, wow, my gosh, you know, this can't be, I have to live for my kids. So that's, that's why I, I needed to make sure that I stayed um, strong in my mind and I did everything I can to really support my body. So what were the, I mean, emotionally, what were the sort of strategies you used then? Because, I mean, I know everybody deals with a diagnosis like mm-hmm. that in their, mm-hmm. in their own way. Um, as you said, we're not, we're not immortal and suddenly it's like a, you know, a hard slap in the face when something like that, particularly the two small girls. I, I mean, I know that you have a very strong faith. Was that, was that part of how you came to terms with it, I suppose? Yes, and at the same time, I think it was a wake-up call for me mm. to really be present f- f- with my kids and mm. for my kids. Mm. So that's really taught me a lesson, like anything could happen, and it taught me to really like be there for my kids. Mm. And that's why I never, ever wanted to go to work, because they miss out so much, you mm. know, when they were growing up. I could hardly remember when they first talk, when they first walk, all that. So why would I go back to work? Yeah. And that's the reason why I just wanted to make sure that I will have a home-based business so mm. I can be home, be there for them. Mm. And you have been. Uh, I mean, yeah. you're an amazing mum and um, you've built an incredible business. And I've watched, you know, really meteoric <laughs> rise over the last few years. And, uh, and it's really, so the, the drive behind that is your, is your girls, your beautiful girls. Mm. The joy, but yes, mm. I think it, I was reflecting about it and I knew that when I was growing up, I didn't have my parents to guide me mm. and it's not their fault or anything and I, mm. I'm not blaming them at all because I love my parents. So I just thought, well, no, I want to be there for my kids. They missed out mm. so much, you know, me being a workaholic, I want to be there for them. So mm. I'm just so happy to be able to reach out to more moms and um, really help them out. Mm. And what's your sort of wish for your girls long term? You know, I always say to them, do what makes you happy, right? Mm. And because they've seen me helping so many people, it seems to me like that they're interested to also follow that path mm, of being able to make a difference. Girls. Yeah, mm, mm. thank you. Mm, that's lovely. And your faith is that been strong from the? Yeah. I mean, I know you came from a Catholic family, but that's something that has helped you all the way through your life, yeah. is it? Mm. Definitely, mm. I think that's what gave me strength. See, mm. um, in Australia, I have my friends, but I don't really have like brothers or sisters. Mm. Mm. You know, it's very different, right? And mm. I have nephews and nieces here, but you know, you got to be there for them as well. So for me, having the faith is really. It's what kept me going, I think, since mm. I was very young. Mm. Mm. It's obviously, yeah, it's very important to mm. you and to, and to your girls as yeah. well, I think. Yeah, absolutely, mm. yeah. And so, I mean, moving forward, and as I said, you are, um, it's funny, your success to you, it seems to me, is is all about helping others. I mean, you you, you don't think about, I want to be successful. It's, it's really much more... Um, about how many people can I, you know, help 
be successful or be healthy because obviously this business is about health as well as actually making an income um, does that get does that get hard sometimes the, the amount of work that yeah. you do because you work harder than anybody I know it of course I'm, I'm as human as anyone <laughs> right um, I love what I do and it's part of my passion to be there and give and sometimes I do you know I just sometimes I just feel uh, exhausted mentally mm. um, and so I say to my coach one of the things that I'm not very good at is celebrating mm. because I jump from one success to the next one to the next one instead of sitting down and really giving myself a pat in the back and has celebrated a bit so in fact we had a session today and part of the things I do is to go back to what I used to love you know I used to love entertaining Kate mm. I used to have a lot of parties at home and so I want to go back to really doing things that I love as well. Mm. You know, that, that that's fun for me. Not that the business is fun, but I want to go back and do things that I used to do before. Have a lot of parties, Kate. So <laughs> I'll be ready. Yeah. <laughs> because it is all about enjoying the journey, mm. isn't it? Yeah. I think rather than just trying to reach the destination because we get there and then actually there's the next, <clears throat> the next mountain to climb or the next, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is there any danger of being taken advantage of, do you think, of your goodness? Yeah, that can happen as well. That can happen as well. But, you know, Kate, it's funny that I don't even think about mm. it. You know, I don't mm. think about whether people take advantage of, of me or not. You know, it's just part of what I do, you know, mm. because of the number of people that you're open to, to help. Mm. Um, it, it, you know, if you can touch one or two people, that's mm. good enough for mm. me. And is anything, I, you're so um, balanced. I have never, I don't think, in the seven years, and we spent a lot of time together, never seen you get angry, um, or I've never heard you say a crossword to anybody. What does make you angry? Does anything make you angry? You know, it's funny, when I got burnt out, that was the only time that I really was really angry. Um, but for some reason... I bottle a lot of my emotions. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not someone that really would... Um, it's, that's why people say to me, you know, how do you do it? You know, mm -hmm. you look all so well and balanced mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. Because I bottle a lot of it in and um, that's, I guess that's how I cope. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's why with my kids, you know, I don't yell at them. I'm, maybe I've yelled at them a few times. And I get, I've been married for 15 years before we separated and we fought twice. Wow. That's, That's how how, <laughs> how how bad I am with managing my emotion. <laughs> yes, it's not always very good to keep it. So how do you let your hair down through entertaining, really, through being with friends? And do you know what? I have, um, as you know, I've got a lot of friends and all mm. of that. So I enjoy just, you know, going out for dinner and mm. having a glass mm. of wine. And, mm. and really, that's what I like. But I need to... Okay, this is what I want to do, Kate. You know, before my 60th, which in three years' time, mm. I want to be able to play the guitar mm. and play on my 60th birthday, you know, a song. Oh, so. fantastic. <laughs> I have not heard that before. And Great. the song is called The Impossible Dream. Mm. Mm. So I want to sing oh, that on my 60th. Yes, you'll be there. That. You'll be there. wonderful. <laughs> And you tell a mean, dirty joke as well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never laughed quite so much as we did. <laughs> so you're somebody that works on yourself constantly. You know, personal development is a major, major part of your life. You have no 
qualms at all in reaching out to people who you respect, who you think know more, that you know, people who might be able to help you move forward. Just from a, just so people know, your daily sort of method of operation, as it were, how do you fit those sorts of things in? Because I know you get up very early in the morning and you exercise every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I love listening to podcasts like yours. Mm. I love listening to, po- so I, I buy a lot of, I bought a lot of audio um, mm. programs um, yeah. and I know now with the podcast, so it's actually, it's, everything is free and there's audible. So I take advantage of listening to those when I'm cooking, when I'm ironing, you know, anything or walking. So I take advantage of that. And of course, there are books to read. So I've got them all in my computer, Kindle. Mm. I think that it's something, you know, personal development, I believe should be the top, the number one that people would work on if they're wanting to have a successful family or a successful business. Mm. Because we don't grow up with, with, the person that we should be I mean there's so much potential in everyone and we can't uncover that potential unless we learn from other people so that's why I love um, you know I invested literally thousands and thousands Mm. and thousands of dollars and mentoring and courses and books and you know because if I didn't invest in myself I probably wouldn't be where I am today no no is there any one sort of mentor in particular who you would sort of recommend as a as good for everybody whether they're in business or whether it's simply just to grow themselves well you know I love all my mentors mm-hmm. but um, what I can probably share is when I was going through the toughest time of my life um, I decided to really um, talk to Jen Gruber he, mm. she's an emotional intelligence That's right, yes so we um so i invested in her coaching and i remember midnight you know at least we talk um once a week you know Mm. on a midnight for about 30 for about three months Mm. and it really Mm. helped me a lot because at the time i was renovating the house on my own i was packing you know like uh, managing kids emotions selling the house and so many other things and it really kept me grounded so Mm. I think that the best investment I've had in terms of coaching and mentoring was the emotional intelligence one. Yeah. But of course, you know, my business mentors were very good to me as well and mm. people around me like yourself. Mm. Mm. And the lovely thing is they're drawn to you as well. I don't think anybody's ever refused mm. <coughs> helping you out because they can see you helping out so many others. <laughs> yeah, I'm so grateful for that. Oh. So what about the next sort of five years or so? Where do you see yourself in five years' time? I'm really excited about the next five years because that my kids will be in university. Mm. You know, my daughter will be halfway finished uh, in university. And so to see them transition to um, uni and be working, um, it's I, I'm so really excited about that. Mm. But in terms of the business, I'm excited about the future because literally I could help more people especially the parents like moms to be able to work from home because it's not fun when you have to work nine to five or a nine to ten and not be there for the kids not be there to see them grow so you know I'm just I know that with social media now with so many other systems that's in place it's not impossible for people to be able to transition from full-time to part-time and be able to work from home so I'm so excited about that so the next five years it's going to be a lot of growth the next five years there's going to be really a lot of excitement in in this industry Mm. yeah no I agree I'm looking forward to it as well and you're just about you're fairly soon moving into a beautiful new 
the Portland talk you. We're moving to our penthouse. penthouse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be in February. I'm so looking forward to that. Mm. And Mm. it's going to be exciting. Fantastic. Mm. And when you you know when your daughters are, I suppose, more more independent, will you? Is is travel something that's part of you know that you love doing as well? Oh yeah. mm. I've traveled with the kids. Uh, One of my the most memorable travel was in 2015, 2016. We traveled for 38 days. That's right. In 10 states, yeah, 10 Mm. states and 20 Mm. cities. And so um, the next travel will be in Europe. Mm-hmm. So I want to be tra- able to travel with my kids before they start moving out home mm-hmm. and be able to explore the world for them. So for sure, travel is definitely um, going to be there. But our school bag project yeah. is going to be a primary um, you know, focus for us. Yeah. yeah, because it's not literally, I mean, it's, it's going to cost like a lot, a lot of money. Mm. But what a wonderful vision you know, to, to grow towards as well. Yeah, yeah. And I really, really look forward to seeing that happen and I'm so, you know, grateful to you for being so candid because I know a lot of, you know, some of the things that you've shared are quite emotional and obviously, you know, really strike at the at the heart still of who you are. But as I said at the beginning, it sort of, it, it explains much more why you are the sort of person you are and being, having, a, having to have been a mother, really, at the mm. age of 12, looking yeah. after your looking after your two little brothers mm. it's um you're really you're a mum you're a super mom, you're a super mum to all of us and um and I'm really grateful Josie and if people want to contact you is Facebook's the best way to yeah. do that is it so I'm mm. Josie Tong on Facebook reach mm. out to me there mm. yes Lovely. thank you so much for being with me today I'm so grateful I'm so glad we're good friends and traveling through this you know through this path together thank you Josie Thank you so much, Kate. And I can tell you, you're doing a great, uh, really a great contribution to the society, you know, being able to feature people that have remarkable stories, because I think everyone's born with remarkable stories. And you yourself, Kate, you know, you've just been so remarkable in every way. So thank thank you you so much. Thank you. I just said this is a great way to get get people's stories out there. And um, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on the Remarkableness podcast today. If you'd like to contact Josie, um, you can find her on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed today's episode and um, you'd like to leave any comments, then please go to our website, which is um, theremarkablenesspodcast.com, or my Facebook page, which is Kate Gingell, um, dash the remarkableness of us. I will be traveling over the next few weeks, um, so please forgive me if um, we're not quite so regular with the podcast, but uh, please be assured that I will be speaking to some amazing and very remarkable people over the, over the coming weeks and uh, look forward to sharing their stories with you very soon. Bye for now.